Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. Or if you have a prayer request, we would love to answer those questions and talk with you and pray for you. So give us a call or text us. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. That text line again is 720-336-0897. We want to welcome all of you who are listening today in Colorado and Wyoming live on Grace FM. We also want to welcome those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, and also those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Just a reminder that those of you listening on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee, you are listening to the program on a one-week delay. But we would love for you to call in, and then you get the opportunity to tune in the following week and listen to yourself and uh, your question on the air because you guys are on that one week delay. But uh, welcome to you, however, however you're tuning in today. We also want to give a big hello to everyone who listens online. We know there are so many of you who listen on the mobile app and on the website. And just a reminder, if you don't uh, use those or you, you haven't utilized those in the past, we have a great web app um, for, or sorry, a great mobile app for Grace FM. You can just go to the iTunes store or you can go to your Google Play store, whatever device you use, and just type in Grace FM and it will come up and then you'll be able to listen on your mobile device or on your tablet, on your mobile phone or tablet. And um, you can also listen anytime you want on the uh, browser. So you can just type in your browser, gracefm.com, and right there in the web page you can listen live to any of our programs, including this one. So the number to call for this show is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, this is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life or prayer requests you have. We'd love to talk with you and pray for you. Just a few words about myself. My name, again, is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. We're right downtown in Longmont at the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue in downtown Longmont. So we're right downtown. We're right on the corner, the edge of Roosevelt Park. So we are right on the, we're on the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman Streets and just on the edge of Roosevelt Park, which is our city park here in Longmont. And it's uh, really kind of the hub of everything that goes on in the life of the city here. And so we would love for you to um, visit us and worship with us. If you are in the Longmont area or in any of the surrounding towns, we'd love to have you come worship with us sometime on a Sunday morning. We meet at 10 a.m. 
and we have great we have great worship we have great uh, children's ministry and god's just doing some really great things at our church we've just been experiencing a lot of grace even even really recently just uh, it's been a good season so we'd love to have you come and be part of that at Whitefields if you're in Longmont or in any of the surrounding communities or maybe you're uh, too far away to actually come but we'd love it if you if you know people in our area and you'd send them our way you can find out more information about our church and our ministry at our website which is whitefieldschurch.com so it's whitefieldschurch.com and currently we're going through a study called remember the prophets and it's a study that's kind of been stewing in my mind for a long time, and I'm glad that we finally had the opportunity to do it. You know, it comes from James chapter 5, verse 10, uh, where James says, he says, My, my uh, friends, remember the prophets and look to them as examples of suffering, or sorry, endurance in the face of suffering. So remember the prophets and look to them for examples of how to endure in the face of suffering. And so what James is telling us is that when we, look at the prophetic books that we shouldn't only consider the prophecies that the prophets recorded but we should also consider their lives and uh, it's interesting you know if you read Hebrews chapter 11 that famous chapter that talks about the hall of faith right all these heroes of the faith mentions Abraham mentions Moses it goes down the line mentions some more people and then it has this interesting line it says if time would permit me then I would talk also about the prophets and then he actually makes mention of some prophets there in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, although not by name, right? He alludes to them. He says, you know, by faith, they open the mouths of lions and, and things like this. You remember he says, but then some of them were, it says they were sawed in half and stoned to death, right? And so what he's talking about, those are actual prophets, right? So we know that Isaiah was probably sawed, the one who was sawed in half. We know Jeremiah was stoned to death. We know Daniel's the one who by faith opened the mouth of lions. And and so this idea that we should look at the prophets and consider their lives is, is where this idea for the series came from. And what we're doing in the series is taking what you might call a biographical look at the prophets and who they were. And so we've been at this for five weeks now. Yesterday we, we did our next prophet. We're doing them in chronological order, like the order they happen in history. And so we started with Amos, and now we're, we've worked our way all the way down to Jeremiah. And we looked yesterday at Jeremiah's courage and the source of his courage and how the source of his courage is also available to us in Christ. It's a great study. It's already up on our website and our podcast. If you're a podcast listener, go check out whitefieldschurch.com. Uh, or Sorry, Whitefields Church, just in the podcast engine. You can find that study. It was called Jeremiah, A Recipe for Courage. And this coming Sunday, we're going to be studying Daniel. And this idea of how to live a God-honoring life in a hostile environment. And I think that's something that I, I think a lot of us can relate to. I think that there are times and places in our society where we're just like Daniel in Babylon. Our society tries to fit us into a mold, tries to shape us. And yet, how do we live in a God-honoring way, in a way that's uncompromising, and in a way that actually opens people up to being willing to consider our faith and, and the claims that we make about Jesus because we see that with Daniel that Daniel was so he was courageous and he had conviction and yet he was able to do it in a way that was courteous and and as a result we see people like Nebuchadnezzar we see people like Darius become open to considering and even glorifying God uh, because of Daniel's behavior and his actions the fact that not only was he not willing to compromise but he did it in a way that was actually uh, kind of courteous and uh, I think it's just a fascinating study so we're going to be looking at Daniel uh, this coming Sunday 
and talking about how to live a God-honoring life in a hostile environment. And we'd love to have you join us. So again, website, uh, we'll give you directions, information, whitefieldschurch.com. And you can also hear me on Grace FM here every weekday at 2.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our past studies here on the radio. So glad that you're with me today. Let's go to some of our callers. We have Lawrence in Fort Lupton, Colorado. Hi, Lawrence. Welcome to the program. Lawrence. All right, well, we might have to put Lawrence back on hold. Um, let's go to Lewis in Elizabeth, Colorado. Hi, Lewis. Welcome to the program. Yes. How are you doing? Doing great. What's up? I got a question. My grandson, um, he wants to get baptized, but he doesn't belong to go to any church in that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if there was churches that would baptize him without belonging to the church. Because like I told him, those are just buildings. you got to be baptized in Christ. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. So we're not baptized into church membership. You're right. Uh, we are baptized into Christ. And yes. um, so I don't know how other churches operate. I would generally say this, though, that... Um, you know, most churches will want him to be a member or become involved in their church if they baptize him. And that's not because they're trying to increase their church enrollment per se. It, yeah. It's also because I know for me, if someone were to come to me and say, hey, I want you to baptize me, but I don't want to go to your church. I would probably have a lot of questions for them, um, not because yeah. not because I, I somehow need them to attend my church, but rather just because uh I'm thinking for them, you know, I, I see a, I guess they'd call it a discrepancy in their life where I would see that, um, that they're really undervaluing the purpose of Christian fellowship and the church. And I would see that as really a red flag, like a sign of, of something's not right in their life. And I might want yeah. to deal with that before I agreed to baptize them. Yes. Uh, I, I would guess that there are some, uh, you know, probably the larger the church in general, the more uh, opportunity there will be to be baptized without having any kind of commitment at all. Just yeah. because in larger churches, it can be sometimes easier to um, to blend in and and just be part of the crowd and not be known. And and so, and that that's not in any way to be a slight against big churches or small churches. Kind of the nature of things. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would I would tell your grandson I would probably want. You know, I think it's maybe a really good opportunity for your grandson, though, to have a conversation with uh, a pastor. Yeah. And maybe that will open up, you know, some of these these discussions like, well, what is it that makes you not want to be part of a church? Because, yeah, uh, I'll tell you, and it's really not just because I'm a pastor. It's really because um, I, I guess I'd say this. It's theologically and biblically driven, but I absolutely believe in the church and I believe Biblically, you know, the church is, is very important for us. And also, you know, um, the, so we need the church and the church needs us. It's a very, you know, in a way you could say this in the scriptures, we see no occasion of a um, lone ranger believer who's off on their own. You right. know, to, be a, to be a believer is to be part of the people of God and the body of Christ. Yeah, you got to have fellowship to keep you on the right path. Yeah. So I would say I would just suggest you to do this, you know, find find a church that you think is a really good, faithful, Bible teaching church, and then yes. 
introduce your grandson to the pastor and say, well, why don't you have a conversation with this pastor about this and maybe he'd be willing to baptize you. And I'm guessing that that pastor is going to to ask some of those important questions to him. Oh, yeah. Okay, I thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for calling in, Lewis. Yeah, have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts on the air today, we've got two open lines. The number to call is 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Haley in Parker, Colorado. Hi, Haley. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. How are you doing? Doing well. Um, I just wanted to have a prayer request, actually, and also um, share a bit of God's miracles through a tragedy that I had just heard about. Um, My best friend's family was the one that was killed in the plane crash that hit in your Belinda yesterday at the Super Bowl. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's it's just starting to make national news, but basically... A plane crashed into their home, and my best friend's husband's family was all killed. Wow. And he was also a survivor of the Las Vegas concert shooting. Wow. So I need prayers for them. They're obviously really struggling. His mother lost, well, he lost his dad, his grandparents, and his aunt. So his mother basically has no family now left um, other than her son and their family. Um, But also, one of God's miracles was that my best friend and her children were supposed to be there in that home, but her kids became ill suddenly, Hmm. and she couldn't go last minute. So they were supposed to be in that home. And um, also... Her husband's dad had been, um, his head had been crushed in an automobile repair accident to where he Mm. lost his sight and also became paralyzed. And that was about 15 years ago, and he accepted Christ after that. So I just am thankful for that miracle. And um, also that my girlfriend's family, her, you know, husband and children um, are safe. Yeah. Well, let's pray for that. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for <clears throat> Haley and her best friend's uh, husband's family. And Lord, we just see your providence in this. You know, sometimes we can we can uh, not always know what's going on when the kids get sick or when uh, plans get canceled or, you know, changes happen. But, Lord, sometimes we get to see the evidence of your hand at work, like in a situation like this. And so we thank you that, Lord, the kids are safe. Um and and really, Lord, we, we do pray for this family, though. They're grieving. They've lost people. We know other people in the community know them and, and are grieving. So, Lord, would you bring comfort to these people at this time? And, Lord, let us be reminded that life is so incredibly fragile, and therefore none of us know how many days we've got left. Help us to number our days. Help us to redeem the time. And Lord, help us to live wisely, knowing that uh, there's no guarantees in this life. So Lord, may this even be something that spurs some people today who are who have been maybe putting off or resisting or, or maybe walking away from you. 
Uh, they've been, maybe they've been putting off making a decision to really give their life to you. But I pray that this would be the one thing that shows them that, you know, who would have thought that an airplane would crash into their house yesterday? And, uh, and Lord, none of us have any guarantees uh, for tomorrow. So, Lord, I pray that this would be a catalyst that shows us uh, to, that you are calling us today and to not harden our hearts, but to, to respond to you today, to receive your grace, and to receive the salvation you offer us in Jesus. So we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. That was beautiful. Awesome. Haley, thanks for calling in, and thanks for sharing that story. You and I, I ask that the listeners also pray for them. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to our next caller, Sarah in Broomfield, Colorado. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the program. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Um, I have a quick question. Um, I wanted to see if you could give me some direction and yep. some words based, I guess. I'm wondering, as a believer, um, why is it important to go to church? Um, I have a friend who feels like we are the church, and you can worship in a vehicle, you can worship on the side of the street, which I feel like is true, but I feel like it's really important to go to church. And yeah. um, can you help give me some insight on that? Yep, absolutely. How much time we got left in the show? We've got like 43 minutes. That will probably not be enough time for me to do that. And here's why. Because there's, but there's so much to say on this topic. And, and so it's almost like, man, where do I start? Because I, I'm just like so full of things to say on this topic. Okay, let me start with this. The very fact that your friend is asking this question, uh, it betrays her cultural bias okay so in other words you know we it's like a fish right fish swim in water and if you were to ask a fish to describe what water is like they'd have a really hard time describing it because they're in the midst of it. it's the only environment that they know right and right. so like for us culturally we live in you know Colorado we live in the United States some of our listeners of course are not in Colorado but but anyway we live in the United States which is part of western society as we call it and we live in a particular time and place right like we live in 2019 and it's like the water that we swim in and we take these things for granted we think that they're normal and that this is the way that everybody thinks and it's really not the case i mean it, here's here's an example we live in the most individualistic society that has literally ever existed in the history of the world so every other society in the world has been much more communally minded where we are really extreme on the sense of like individualism and uh, autonomy and things like that and that has a lot of really good factors to it you know, like the idea that, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus even if no one else follows me. You know, I'll follow Jesus, and if my family doesn't like me for it, well, then I'll be fine because it's all about, you know, me following Jesus. Now, that's a good thing, but where it leads to detriment is when uh, we don't count in the fact that uh, much of the gospel is very communal in nature and covenantal, and, and it's, it speaks of uh, communities and the people of God. Okay, so, um, you know, just to give you a quick Bible verse, and then I'll go on to more uh, bigger ideas, is, you know, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. It says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together, as is the habit of some, but encourage each other daily, you know, knowing that the day isn't coming near. So the point is, the Bible tells us very clearly 
that we should be in fellowship with other Christians. And in the context it's speaking of is literally church, because what was happening in that book when the, the letter to the Hebrews was written is that there were people who were leaving the Christian church because to go to church meant persecution. And so many people who were Jewish in uh, ethnicity and heritage were beginning to leave the Christian church and say, oh, uh, I'll still be a Christian. I'm just not going to go to church anymore because for them to go to church, you know, might mean that you get kicked out of the uh, trade union or, you know, you, your family looks down on you. And so they said, well, we're not going to change what we believe, but we are going to stop going to church. And the writer to the Hebrews said, no, you can't do that, right? Like you will suffer as a result. Other people will suffer from your non-presence in the body of Christ. Now, okay. let me just so, also go ahead. Okay. No, no. So yeah. in the verse that I could be wrong because I did a, a commentary, I think, on this, but the verse that gets used, I, I think, is out of context as I relate to is, is that when two or more gather, like Jesus is present. So like just getting together with a friend is like going to church is kind of something that I hear a lot. Yeah, so getting but, together with a friend and praying, yeah, he will be present. But again, is that the body of Christ? Is that the church? The answer would be no. no. Um, right. Okay, here's another one. Uh, Jesus said that we're called to be a city on a hill. Well, you can't be a city by yourself. Like, that's just how it works, right? Like, right. nor can you be a city with uh, two of your friends, right? There's three of you. That's not a city, right? We're called to be a city on a hill. But but even more than that, let me let me give you just kind of a brief, like, theological overview of what the Bible has to say about church. Okay, so the church is the new people of God, right? Like we see in the Old Testament, the people of God, the covenant people of God. In the New Testament, right, we see that God is forming a new people out of every tribe, tongue, and nation, and he's making them into one people. And so what you see is that Jesus foretells the birth of the church. Then in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit gives birth to the church then the Holy Spirit causes the church to grow. Then the Holy Spirit sends out missionaries, and their mission is literally to go out and evangelize and start more churches. Then Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes letters to churches. Then when we see Jesus in Revelation, he is walking amongst the lampstands, which represent the churches. So in other words, Jesus is super into church, and not only that, but he calls it his bride. Like to use playground language, um, Jesus loves the church so much that he wants to marry it, right? And so yeah. for us yeah. to love Jesus and not love the church, now that isn't to say that you might not you might not struggle with the church. Yeah, you might. You might be hurt by people in the church and these things, but to, to give up the vision for the church that God has is really to go against the heart of our Savior, right? So if our Savior loves the church and he's our Lord, which means he's our master, right? And, and we we say, well, Jesus, you might be super into church, but I don't think I need it, is really to, to miss the whole point. It's not truly following Jesus. Okay. Okay, so I just want to say one more thing, and then I'm going to let you go. But um, here's the other thing. I, 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 just wrote a, I just wrote an article. I have a website, right? And I write articles probably usually about two or three times a week. And um, so I'm going to recommend you go read this article. It's the latest one on my, my blog. Uh, was the second latest one. I wrote it uh, last Thursday. And it's called Chinese Conviction and American Apathy. And it's about church, actually. So, you know, in China recently, there's been this huge crackdown on unregistered churches. And, you know, 
they're sometimes called house churches, but sometimes these house churches have hundreds and even thousands of members and they own their own buildings. So they're not like, they're not like home gatherings. These are like legitimate churches that just refuse to register with the government. And, you know, of course, the reason is because of the, the nature of the government over there. Anyway, so the Chinese government's been cracking down and they recently arrested a uh, hundred Christians who attend a a reformed church in a, in a particular city, and they charged them with inciting subversion of state power. And in response to that, the, the pastor of that church, a man named Wang Yi, who's kind of a well-known intellectual in China, he wrote a official statement called My Declaration of Faithful Disobedience. And in this declaration, and now it's been signed by like 500 people, uh, 500 other pastors around China, and basically they say this, that they're prepared to lose everything, to, to lose freedom, even lose their lives for the sake of the gospel, and specifically they say we will not stop gathering together for worship as churches. Wow. In other words, for them, this is an act of civil disobedience, right? This is like akin mm -hmm. to like Daniel praying out his window, even though he knows that, you know, he's not supposed to. These guys are saying, we will not stop meeting for church. Now, compare that with the American apathy that we're seeing right now, where more and more people are responding like your friend and saying, you know, we don't need church. Church is kind of like a support group, but I don't need a support group because I'm pretty good on my own. And I'll just go to a lake and think about God. Right. And so um, for the Chinese, they're like willing to give up everything for the sake of church. And uh, I think that we in the West really can afford to look at the, our Chinese brothers and sisters and learn something from them. I think I think they're getting something right that we need to be corrected on. I agree. And, and, uh, and thank I'll, you. I want to give um, you one, two quotes real quick that, okay. that I and think I are really helpful. Well, otherwise, I can get off there and I can text okay. them or something. Okay. All right. Um, here's the quote. The first one is from Sinclair Ferguson, and he says this. We are not saved individually and then choose to join the church as if it were some kind of club or support group. Rather, Christ died for his people, and we are saved when by faith we become part of the people for whom Christ died. And here's the second quote. This is uh, from a man named Simon Chan. who's a He is a uh, Chinese-American, interestingly enough. But anyway, he wrote this in a theological journal I recently wrote, read for school. He said this, Western Christians have a very weak sociological concept of the church. This has two negative consequences. First, the church tends to be seen as a service provider which caters to the needs of individual Christians. Rarely are individuals seen as existing for the church. When the church is seen as existing for the individual, then the focus of ministry is on individuals and how their needs can be met by the church. But when individuals are seen as existing for the church, the focus shifts from individuals' needs to the common life of Christ and how we, as the one people of God, fulfill God's ultimate purpose for the universe, namely, to glorify and enjoy Him forever. And essentially what he's saying is this, you know, contrary to our consumeristic mentality, isn't it actually true that the church does not exist for us as much as we exist for the church and the church exists for God. So. Wow, that's incredible. I love that. I, I, see, this is why I wanted to call in because I overheard you saying this on a couple of radio shows maybe a day or two ago. And I was mm -hmm. like, man, I need to call in and ask him because, and she keeps bringing it up. So sometimes I feel like somebody's hungry, like, like they're still sure. wanting to be fed the information or something like that because totally. it's like she keeps bringing it up and she used to go to church, she used to evangelize a lot. Now she's not going, and then, like, I heard a pastor make reference to, you know, you can have a, a root of bitterness, you know, that, 
that maybe something's going on there, and I just want to be able to direct it to the word, not my opinion, not, you know, uh, why it's beneficial for your psyche to go, or, um, but it's just because it's, it's, it's where we need to be. And I think you're absolutely right. We're here to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. And yeah. um, I think it gives us the best opportunity to, to learn about him and then go out and disciple believers, take what the for Holy sure. Spirit is giving the message through with these super talented pastors, that we are blessed and privileged and have the freedom to be able I, I can go to church four or five times a week if I want to, and I think that's incredible. And then I hear what's happening, we are talking about in China, and it's like, man, that's, that's pretty awesome. Sarah, I'm going to have to let you go because we reached okay. our, um, our mid-show break. But hey, if you want to let the producer know what your second question was, I'll see if I have time to answer that too. Anyway, uh, I'm going to have to let you go. But hey, we've come up on our mid-show break. The number to call, we can get you on after the break, is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Oakfields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life, or if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you, answer those questions, and talk with you. So give us a call. We've got one open or two open lines right now, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, who is Desiree in Thornton, Colorado. Hi, Desiree. Welcome to the program. Looks like we lost Desiree. Okay, so, um, oh, oh, she dropped. Okay, so Desiree, I'll, I can tell you a few things. So um, let's go to, you know, remember we had a caller right before the break named Sarah, and Sarah said that she had another question beyond the one about church, and so I've got that here. The producer sent it to me. And the, the question was, was God angry with David's census? So was God angry with uh, David's census? Well, he certainly was displeased with David's census um, because we know that, um, well, I'm trying to find the verse here. So 2 Samuel 24, and um, we know that, well, I guess actually, um, yeah, well, so God, was God angry? I know that he was definitely displeased. I don't know if he was angry, but it seems that God allowed uh, Satan to tempt David and that David sinned by his census. So if anybody isn't sure what that's talking about, let me just give you a little context. Second Samuel chapter 24 um, talks about how um, David took a census and um, other, you know, clearly this was something that God was, um, was upset about. Um, the, the reason was namely this, that there were times when God had told people to take censuses or censees. I'm not sure what the plural of census is. Um, but God had done that. But the reason why David did it was a wrong motivation. So David did it so that he could feel strong and confident. In other words, so that he could kind of boast in his accomplishments or his military might. Um, that he, you know, rather than trusting in the Lord, he was trusting in what he had accomplished and built. Um, 
and God was upset with him for that. And we see times like where it says, you know, don't trust in horses, but trust in the Lord. And that idea of trusting in horses, you know, speaks of trusting in military might and accomplishments. And, you know, in our day and age, it'd be like, um, you know, trusting in money and investments and, um, you know, career accomplishments that have gotten you somewhere. I think there are two reasons why we don't want to do this. One is because clearly God wants us to understand how fragile our, um, our existence is, even the things that we've put together. So, I mean, even with David and his, you know, great military might, it was not long after David that the country did end up splintering and, and going in a bunch of directions and eventually being conquered by different um, armies. In other words, many of us and the things that we get really confident in are much more fragile than we'd like to realize, right? So our financial investments, those of us who have secure, who feel secure because we've got significant financial investments or, you know, um, yeah, we, we've set things aside and we've got a really secure life. The fact is that nothing in this life is really secure. Like we talked about uh, with this caller earlier who's, uh, friends, family friends had died in this plane, cra plane crash yesterday outside of Los Angeles. I mean, it's really, uh, our life can be taken away in an instant. Jesus talks about that. He tells the parable of the foolish uh, farmer, right? The guy who spends all his time and money, you know, filling up more and more barns and just think, making plans for the future and giving no thought at all to God. And then one day his life is taken and what did all that stuff that he stored up in the barns accomplish for him? Absolutely nothing. And so the point is that, that we shouldn't we should understand that life is very fragile and we should live with that awareness. But secondly, the other thing is that we should understand and live constantly with a dependence upon God. And so, you know, I, I know that... Um, you know, in churches, sometimes they'll talk about like, oh, well, we don't count how many people are in our churches because, you know, David took a census and God was mad at him for that. Yeah, but then we also read about Jesus talking about, uh, you know, a shepherd who had a hundred sheep and then he has one missing. Well, you don't know that you're, you have one missing unless you actually count your sheep. And so the point is this, counting is not wrong. Uh, the reason is, why are you counting? So the shepherd with his sheep is counting for a pastoral or a caring reason, right? He's caring. He's counting to make sure that he hasn't lost anybody because he cares about the sheep. In David's case, his counting was really just to kind of pat himself on the back. And it became a thing of trusting in and boasting in himself and not in God. So I hope that that uh, sorts out that question for you there, Sarah. Thanks for calling in. Uh, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. It looks like we had a question. Someone was asking um, for the address of my blog. So I guess I mentioned my blog uh, and my website that I, I write on uh, earlier in the show, but I didn't give you the address for it. So for any of you who are interested in reading some of the articles I write, I write about two or three times a week on issues related to theology and uh, similar things to a lot of the questions that are asked here on this show. And you can find those writings on my website at nickkady.org. So that's N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y dot O-R-G. So nickkady.org. Or you can just search in Google, just look for Nick Katie, or you can search Longmont Pastor. That's the name of the blog. And you can read some of those articles, including that one I mentioned earlier about Chinese conviction and American apathy when it comes to church attendance. Let's go to Jacob in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Jacob. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How are you doing? Doing great. What's up? Good. I just have a prayer request. I am uh, newly married, and I'm um, working on 
hopefully getting my first house. I'm actually under contract with it right now and just really seeking God's wisdom here. Uh, it's incredibly stressful to even attempt to do this, and so really just want prayer for me and for my wife that this wants us there. No matter what, God will, will make this work for us if this is truly His will. Sure. Yeah, Jacob, you know, as somebody who's gone through that myself, and I, I do know how stressful it is and how time-consuming it is, but I would just encourage you in this, like, um, you know, enjoy the process because in, enjoy this stage in life that you're at um, because there's something really good about having these kind of problems, right? Like, you could have different problems, but having the problem of being like, uh, I'm buying a house and there's stress involved, man, those are good problems to have. So as much as possible, enjoy the process. But I would love to pray for you. So let me do that. Heavenly Father, I pray for Jacob. Thank you for these great things going on in his life. Thank you that he's newly married and him and his wife have the opportunity to maybe buy a house. Lord, I pray that this process would go smoothly. I pray that you'd help him to rest and trust in you in the midst of it and really just trust in your providence and your sovereignty in the midst of this process as he waits for maybe the bank to give him answers or for the inspections to come back. Lord, I, I pray that he would be able to have this house, kind of hold it with open hands, so to say, that if, Lord, you decide to uh, say, no, this isn't the house for you, then I pray that he would be able to accept that. And I pray that if this is the place for him and his, his wife, Lord, then, uh, then you would open every door that needs to be uh, opened. And so, Lord, I pray for them, and I thank you that they're in this great stage of life. And I pray that they would honor and glorify you with whatever place you give them to live in. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Perfect. Thank you so much, Pastor. Appreciate it. You bet, Jacob. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got all open lines right now, so it's a great time to call in. We're going to go over to our text line. We've got about 20 minutes left in the show, and if you have been wanting to call in at some point, now would be a great time to do so. So uh, three open lines right now. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Let's go over to our text line and see some of the texts that have come in here. Uh, We have someone who asks, what does the Bible say about stoicism? It looks appealing to be involved in, but my spirit is telling me no. So stoicism is a Greek philosophy um, and it, you know, it has worked its way into our modern culture in many ways. Uh, we can see that Stoicism has affected Christianity in a lot of ways. Uh, so, for example, in the Bible, we see in the book of Acts, chapter 17, that Paul goes to Athens and he goes up on this place called the Areopagus, and the it's some, called Mars Hill, this place where all the um, the philosophers would gather and they would debate. And what uh, we see there is that there were some Stoic philosophers there and also some Epicureans. And so really, Stoicism and Epicureanism are kind of two ends of a spectrum. Okay, so, and, and it's related to feelings, comfort, emotions, and, uh, and things of that, that nature. So Epicureanism was basically like, they would say, do whatever feels good. And they had a slogan, which is actually quoted in the Bible. Now, it's not quoted because we should follow it. It's just quoted because this is what people said. And their phrase was, hey, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. In other words, the point was, hey, you you only live once, right? Like hashtag YOLO. And so do whatever 
uh, you're, you know, whatever you're going to do, um, you know, drink, eat, don't hold anything back. Don't, uh, you know, you don't need to be disciplined because, hey, we're all going to die. So you might as well enjoy life to its fullest. So that was Epicureanism. And as you can see, that that's where we get like phrases like, oh, this meal is an Epicurean delight, right? It means it's pleasing to all of the senses. Now, on the other hand, the, the other end of that spectrum was Stoicism. And the whole idea behind Stoicism is suppressed feelings. So you don't want to feel either neither really good feelings or really bad feelings. It's that idea like the British sometimes talk about, like having a stiff upper lip. It means just being tough, tough as nails. You know, you, you're not swayed by emotion in either direction. You don't get stressed out. You just kind of rise above and, you know, you're hard and you're tough and you get rid of feelings and um, you know they're against overindulgence of any kind and so here's what I'd say is that Christianity is neither uh, Epicurean nor Stoic I, I think it in a one sense it takes the best of Epicureanism and it takes the best of Stoicism but it also counters both of them and so here's why because Christianity does say that God created this world and he created so many things for our pleasure and this life isn't just suffering. There's so much pleasure in this life. You know, sometimes as Christians, we can talk so much about the brokenness of this world that we fail to remember that in Genesis, when God created the world, he looked at it and said, it is good. This is a good world, and it is broken. It is fallen. It is not what it should be. And yet, there are a lot of really great things in this world. And, um, and we should enjoy them. They're made for our enjoyment. On the other hand, with Stoicism, we, we cannot let our emotions be the guide uh, in our lives. We need something outside of us, outside of our emotions, and we can't just be given over to feelings. Um, and there are times when we choose to say, okay, even though I feel this way, I'm going to choose to think this way based on God's word, and I'm going to act on God's word, not just on how I feel. And so, so that's really important. So I would say, don't be a Stoic, don't be an Epicurean, be a Christian, and, and really live biblically. So I hope that answers your question. Uh, God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got two open lines. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let me just take the opportunity while I've got you here to uh, invite you to the church that I'm the pastor of here in Longmont. If you are in Longmont or in the surrounding area within driving distance, or if you know people up this way, uh, we'd love for you or, or for them to visit us at Whitefields Community Church. You can find out more information about our church at whitefieldschurch.com. But we meet in downtown Longmont at the St. Vrain Memorial Building every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Worship and the Word. And we're currently doing a great series, spend just a really fruitful and encouraging study through the prophets. And this coming Sunday, we're going to be looking at the prophet Daniel. So really looking forward to that. But check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. And of course, we're on all the social media. So just search for us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, under Whitefields Church, and you'll find us right away. And, you know, you can also go search the podcast store for Whitefields Community Church. You can listen to our podcast there as well. Um, so we'd love to have you join us 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at Whitefields Community Church in Longmont if you're in the area. Looks like we had a caller who did not want to be on the air but she did have a question. Let me just, uh, let's read this question real quick. How should a faithful believer going to the same church for about 20 years, but then feeling that they aren't cared for, 
and now going to another church for nine months, how should they handle their old pastor calling them and just now noticing their absence at their old church? So, yeah, my advice to you would be uh, to talk honestly with your pastor. You know, um, I think that your pastor, um, you know, deserves that. I don't know how to say deserves. or I, I would just say I think it would be courteous of you to say that to your pastor and just, you know, tell them that you felt that you weren't being cared for and that's why you went somewhere else. And I don't know if, you know, this new church is a place where you can get cared for or not. Um, you know, that you might make the decision to go back to your former church or you might not. I'm, I'm not sure. But I think that having that conversation with your former pastor is going to help that pastor. And I say this, you know, as a pastor, what would I want someone to do if this was a situation that I was involved in? Uh, I would want that person to come and talk with me honestly. And, you know, what will happen is um, that that pastor is going to be able to make perhaps some needed corrections to uh, the way that they lead or the way that they lead uh, other leaders to be able to make sure that people are cared for in the future. And uh, hopefully there can be some reconciliation there. And and hopefully there's no bitterness. You know, uh, we had a caller earlier mention this, uh, but I think it's worth mentioning again. You know, Hebrews talks about, you know, make sure that no root of bitterness grows up. And it says, and defiles many. That's what bitterness tends to do. Not only is bitterness kind of like, uh, you know, lock in the prison and throwing away the key on yourself. But, uh, you know, again, when when you, or it's been said that bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Usually you're the one who suffers from it. Um, but also, you know, I would just say this, that bitterness also has the tend to, tendency to be um, contagious. Other people pick it up. That's why the Bible says, you know, it defiles many. So for, for your own sake, for the sake of that pastor, I would say it's probably a good idea to have a conversation uh, and explain what happened. So God bless you. I know that's not fun stuff to navigate, and I just pray that you'd have a lot of wisdom in it. Uh, whether you you know go back to the old church or whether you stay in the church you're in now, uh, I think it's a good idea to probably talk to your pastor. So you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We've got 12 minutes left in the show, and we've got all open lines. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Looks like we had two text messages come in recently uh, regarding addiction. So uh, one person says, uh, I'm a Christian, I love the Lord with my whole heart, I crave his word, and I love to worship, but I'm struggling with alcoholism. So I'm struggling with alcohol, and I want deliverance from it. I truly hate it. I don't believe it's okay for Christians to drink for this reason, and I do believe it's a gateway, uh, but yet I'm having trouble sleeping without drinking alcohol. What are my thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are that, yes, it sounds like uh, this is, you know, that's the very definition of bondage, right? It's like when you want to be free, but you're not free and uh, and you're struggling with that. And my heart goes out to you. I, I do believe that Jesus wants us to be free. And, you know, I remember Galatians chapter five, verse one says very clearly for freedom, Christ has set you free. Therefore, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And uh, And the question is, where do you get the power to do that? And so for that, I would turn you to Romans chapter 6, where it talks about the power to overcome sin comes from dying to who we were apart from Christ and receiving the new life in Christ. And part of that is that we 
though formerly we're slaves to our bodies, slaves to our desires, slaves to our addictions. Now we've been set free from those things in Christ. And what it means to be set free in Christ means that we are no longer slaves to those things which once held us in bondage. And so I'm going to pray that for you. But uh, I, I also want you to do more than, than just pray. So we're going to pray a lot, but I want you to do more than just pray. And I'll just mention in this conversation, the next text message that we got almost exactly the same amount of time, or the same time uh, period, was someone saying, I'm a Christian and I'm struggling with pornography. Please pray for me. So I'd like to pray for both of you. And then uh, beyond prayer, I want to talk about something else. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, I pray for both of these people who texted in, struggling one, struggling with alcohol, the other one struggling with a pornography addiction. And Lord, I, I also pray knowing that there are so many people listening to the show who, who are not calling in or not telling us about their struggle, but they are very definitely struggling. And they know who they are and you know who they are, Lord. And Lord, I pray for these people that, uh, first of all, that they would believe. So I pray for anyone out there who is not yet a believer, not yet a Christian, Lord, that uh, they would step over that line and receive your grace and enter into that new life in Jesus, that they would die to who they were and they would become a new creation, born again to new life in Jesus. And as that happens, Lord, I pray that you would set them free from the addictions, the things that have kept them in bondage physically or spiritually or mentally in their minds. Lord, I know that you can do that. I know that you have the power to set them free not only from the penalty of their sin, but from bondage to the power of this sin. And Lord, I, I do pray that beyond, uh, beyond that, Lord, that they would do everything they can, like Galatians 5 verse 1 says, to continue to walk in freedom and to stand in freedom and not be brought again under a yoke of bondage or yoke of slavery. So Lord, please set them free in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So dear uh, friends who texted in and those who are listening who are who also struggle with addiction here's what i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you that you need to bring the deeds of darkness out into the light because here's the thing you know the bible actually compares sin to yeast and to mold and yeast and mold are both interesting things right because they both grow faster in the dark but you know one of the ways to kill mold is to bring it out into the sunlight the light of day and ephesians chapter 4 talks about this you know that we we no longer should walk in the deeds of darkness but we should bring the deeds of darkness out into the light and because the light tends to kill them and so what that means for us practically is this i want to really encourage you to to I know, see, here's what happens with shame is that shame wants us, shame makes us want to hide. We see that with Adam and Eve, right? They were ashamed of what they did and they tried to hide from God, which is, of course, foolish behavior. You can't hide from God. But they also tried to hide themselves from each other. And that's what, you know, what happens is our sin, we, we feel ashamed, whereas before we felt no shame apart from sin. And so here's what I want you to do is bring that deed of darkness out into the light. Let, find some people. It doesn't need to be everybody. Right? It needs to be people who you can really trust with that uh, secret, so to say, with that truth. And you need to come out about it and just say, hey, here's the truth. I've been struggling with this thing and I need some help. Because I, I'm asking God to set me free, but I need some other people around me to help me walk in freedom. And so you're going to ask those people to help you walk in freedom. And, and you know what? There are also some really great support groups. And here's what I've seen is that people who really want to be set free, they will um, they will do anything and everything it takes to be set free. 
And so that would be my question for you. How much do you want this? Do you really, really want to be set free? Then be willing, be willing to do anything and everything in order to do it, which means being open with things that you might have been ashamed of or hiding in the past, but also consider joining a, a group that's going to help you not fall back into addiction. I'm going to ask the producer real quick. What is the group over at uh, Calvary Aurora? I, I know that there's a great group that meets in Aurora for this purpose. And I know there are others. Celebrate Recovery is one that you can find a lot of places. Uh, so Celebrate Recovery, you might Google that. But the one in Aurora that I can definitely recommend is called Pure Life Ministry. So Pure Life Ministry, they just started a recent session a few weeks ago, which means it's going to start up again in about 10 weeks. But Pure Life Ministry, maybe you can contact Calvary Aurora um, for more information about that. Um, but that would be a great thing for you guys to get involved in. You know, whether it's pornography addiction or whether it's uh, substance abuse or whatever it is, we want you guys to walk in freedom. And uh, so uh, pray God blesses you guys and truly helps you overcome these things in Jesus' name. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. We've got time for one last caller. Let's go to Brian, or sorry, Brandon in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Hi, Brandon. Welcome to the program. Hey, hey, Pastor. How you doing? Doing great. What's up? Good. Um, I actually just heard the last part of that, and for anybody that's um, in or near Cheyenne, Wyoming, we actually have a Celebrate Recovery at Cheyenne Hills Church that meets on awesome. uh, Friday nights at 6 o'clock. I'm actually one of the ministry leaders. And, that's great. Uh, so that's another avenue for people that are in the Cheyenne area. Um, but Sorry, a little shameless plug there. Uh, uh. But uh, I actually had a question. Um, I recently had the chance to share the gospel with a friend of mine from work, and um, he came to me a few days later after I had offered to sit down and read Scripture, and he says, yeah, that'd be... I actually would like to sit down and start reading Scripture with you. And um, and I know that John is always a good book to start in, um, but <clears throat> once we go through John and introduce him to Jesus, whether he, you know, um, confesses, you know, whether he decides to give his life over to Christ or not, what's a good place to go to after that um, just to kind of help him to dig deeper into Scripture and dig deeper into what it truly means to be have a relationship with Jesus? Yeah, great question. Here's here's what I would say. After you introduce him to Jesus, then the next place I want you to go is the book of Acts. And the reason why is this. Because by doing that, and by doing that, you know, think about it. Not only is this the way that it actually happened, but it also sets a precedent in people's minds, which tells them this. It's about knowing Jesus, but once he's called you in, he sends you out. And, you know, we have an issue in our, our society and culture, in my opinion, with um, individualism, as we talked about earlier in the show, but also, you know, this big introspective idea that it's, you know, it's all about, you know, what can Jesus do for me? When really, to be a Christian, and really, this is important, to grow as a Christian, we need to not be focused on ourselves. We need to be focused on, you know, who Jesus is, focused on Jesus, but then focused on, okay, Jesus has a mission even for me. And I think that, you know, the earlier a Christian gets involved in the mission of God, the better. And so I, I think that it's by design that those things are in the order that they're in in the Bible. And frankly, because that's the way it happened. Jesus said to his disciples, come with me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Well, he told them that he was going to make them fishers of men before he explained to them all the details of, you know, who exactly he was. 
that's interesting, right? So, I mean, that was from the beginning. That is, this is it. I'm going to call you to myself, but I'm also going to send you out. And, uh, and both of those are important, and they're important for us to grow. Yeah, okay. No, that definitely makes sense. Um, you know, going through, like I said, Celebrate Recovery, one of the things that we <laughs> we touch, you know, hardcore on is, is um, you know, going through the program, but also being able to give back, uh, yielding ourselves to God to be used to bring Jesus' good news, both by our example and by our words. That's the last principle. And so that, that totally makes sense. And I actually like that perspective. So, um, but yeah, I'll tell, I you, I'll really tell you this. And, one of the ways that me. we, well, one of the ways that we really learn what we believe is actually by saying it out of our mouths. In other words, like, you know, once I learn what I believe about Jesus, it actually helps me to grow by expressing it to others. And so that's, that's one of the real reasons why this is important for us as we grow. But you were going to tell me this person's name. Uh, so his name is uh, Jordan. If you could keep him in prayer, that uh, keep us in prayer. Um, we'll actually be meeting on Thursday for the first time over um, a cup of coffee in the morning. We work out of the same office, and uh, so he's he's uh, really interested in diving into scripture. And so just uh, you know that that uh, God would have me ask the right questions and lead him to the right scripture and have the right words to explain to him. Um, yeah. And Lord willing, lead him to the feet of Jesus. Well, let's pray for you right now. We've got 45 seconds left in the show. We'll end with this. Heavenly Father, I pray for Brandon and I pray for Jordan as they meet together. Give Brandon the words and really give Jordan uh, eyes to see, eyes of faith that he might see Jesus and believe. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'll be with you again later this week. God bless you and have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.